0: really grit is the long-term identity that we're building and grind is working really hard right now towards a short-term outcome. So for example, I'm grinding because we're at the end of Q4 and I need to hit my numbers. I'm just going to get into a second gear. So in that gear is like, I'm going to stay up late. I'm going to work as hard as I can. And when I'm done, I'm done. I hit my goal and I can go back to my normal normal gear. So I, I think that's a great way to think of it is like, if you're Grinding, it's like you're going into another gear, but if you're someone with grit, you're always in a consistent gear that's very sustainable versus you know grinding where you feel like you could burn out or essentially you you're you're not going to be able to maintain that pace.
1: Welcome to another episode of the Elite Selling Podcast. We're your hosts, Griffin and Frankie. Today we're joined by a very special guest, Ian Koniak. Ian is the founder and CEO of Ian Cognac Sales Coaching. Before he got into his own business, he was one of the top reps at Salesforce with over eight years of experience. Today, you'll find him on LinkedIn as one of the top LinkedIn voices to follow. Be sure to go check him out. Let's dive right in. All right, Ian, welcome to the show. What's up, Frankie? What's up, Griffin? Thanks for being here. We're really excited for this. Me too. So yeah, so Griff and I have been following you on LinkedIn for quite some time now. And we just absolutely love your posts from not only how to be a high income earner as an enterprise strategic seller, but also the mindset and the mental health that goes behind it. And I love that you're preaching that mes- message. Mm-hmm. And we've been looking at some of your recent posts. And one of the ones that really stood out to us, especially during this time, is your post on grit versus grind. Do you mind defining what the difference between grit and grind is for us as a way to get started?
0: Yeah, I'll just steal uh, Daniel Pink's uh, definition. It came from the book uh, Drive, Daniel Daniel Pink's Drive. And he says, grit is um, perseverance and passion towards uh, a long-term goal. I think that's, I hope I didn't butcher it, but it was, it was very much about long-term, right? So if we think about grit, grit is about, developing an identity of somebody who's able to be resilient, who's able to persevere, who's able to be patient, knowing that maybe the success they're seeking may not be overnight or maybe not even this year, right? So really grit is the long-term identity that we're building and grind is working Really hard right now towards a short-term outcome. So, for example, I'm grinding because we're at the end of Q4 and I need to hit my numbers. I'm just going to get into a second gear. So, in that gear is like I'm going to stay up late. I'm going to work as hard as I can. And when I'm done, I'm done. I hit my goal and I can go back to my normal, um, my normal gear. So, I, I think that's a great way to think of it. Is like if you're Grinding, it's like you're going into another gear. But if you're someone with grit, you're always in a consistent gear that's very sustainable. Versus, you know, grinding where you feel like you could burn out or essentially you, you're you're not going to be able to maintain that pace. Um, I'll give one more simple analogy, which I think captures it. If you're a gritty person with athletics, so you and I talked about you running a half Ironman, and I I do marathons. Um, that is grit. It's the identity of somebody who's an endurance athlete. So after I do my second marathon, I'll move to triathlons, maybe ultras. But it's never going to stop. It's something that I I believe. You know that's who I am. Whereas if my goal was to run one marathon to check a box and say, I did it, then I could go afterwards and drink a bunch of beer and, right. you know, take a rest and go back to my normal self. Cause that sucked. Right. Whereas the, gr- the grit is like, it doesn't suck because that's who you are. So I, I think that's the thing grind is like run one marathon grit is be an endurance athlete for life.
2: Oh man, uh, Ian, I love I love that analogy. I I ran a half marathon back in May, but it was only once that I, I definitely grinded it out. <laughs> you're yeah. grinding, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, exactly.
0: You finish, <laughs> you're like, no more, I'm done. No, Wait, no, no,
2: I, I got. I, that's the key. I got to do one more. Uh, at least I I got to get back on the horse. Um, so I love that analogy and the the key difference right between sort of the long term identity versus the short term outcome uh, in your personal experience throughout your career, what, what, what really shaped this point of view for you? Was it, did you notice that you were yourself grinding in your career and you yeah. had to make a change for yourself? Or is this something that you've formed a point of view seeing like other reps that or leaders that you've worked with in your consulting business to say, I think this is something that's top of mind that I really need to, to talk about.
0: Yeah. And I think for anyone listening, check out the video, just Google my name, grit versus grind. You can watch the whole video. I did kind of a training, but it clicked, you know, I was running. I, I was, I just signed up for my second marathon. I started training again and I had, you know, my headphones on and I was listening to this audio book and he defined grit. And I'm like, Oh man, cause you hear so much in LinkedIn about grind, grind, grind. And and specifically you you hear grinding like in a negative connotation. Um like grinding leads to burnout, grinding leads to stress, grinding leads to anxiety. And I think that really was the story of my career. I, I, I used to be a grinder and and um, it led to a lot of mental health issues. That's why I post on what I post on with, you know, holistic viewpoint of, of taking care of yourself via exercise and meditation and connection with your loved ones and all the things that um really make you feel good because for me most of my sales career was like grinding to hit a number grinding to make a certain amount of money grinding to you know be the number one person and you know I never was fulfilled it was never like something that lasted because once I hit the goal it was like well is that it what's next what do I what do I do whereas um it led me to a place of darkness it led me to a place of addiction it led me to a place where I almost lost everything I, I could have lost my family my wife And and it was because I was so obsessed with success and I would be willing to, to do whatever it took to be successful. But I was, my definition of success was, was skewed. Okay. And it was, it was only one avenue of success. In other words, success isn't just how much money you make or how well you perform. Success is the way you treat people. Success is um, what kind of father you are or what kind of partner you are to your, to your spouse or your significant other. Success is, um, you know, how, you the quality of your thoughts, right? What you tell yourself every day. So, so I was just in a place. Fortunately, it's been it's been a while. I've been on this personal development path where I've been, um, you know, really happy and fulfilled and financially successful. Um, but it took me a long time to get there. So, as I was running, I'm like, man, my whole career I'd been grinding. But why am I so happy now? Well, it's because. I'm working in pursuit of a much longer-term goal, and I call this a north star. Right? What is what is the north star that you're working towards? So, if you have a north star, if you have a long-term vision that's just beyond, you know, the next six months, the next twelve months, then you can sustain a pace that's a little bit faster. You can sustain a lot more pressure. You can sustain a lot more um, pain because you know what you're working towards right? And that's the big difference that that was kind of the aha moment right now is like, now I know what I'm working towards. So it's not a grind. It doesn't feel like a grind. It's just a matter of how I show up consistently as opposed to go hard, exit, go hard. And that's kind of the world of sales. Like people are all in and then they're all out and then they're all in and they're all. in. it's just crazy high highs and low lows. But where I am now is like a little high, little low, little high, but always moving. And yeah. so- yeah, it's kind of like my life story put up into one you know, one post. I guess I guess you can call it that.
1: That's amazing. So what? So you mentioned long term goals. I'm sure your goals have shifted a little bit now that you're doing uh, coaching and consulting. But as a seller, what were some of your long term goals once you started to shift into the? grit mode versus grind mode
0: well it's interesting cuz my goal was just to make a lot of money so even as a seller like i wanted to save up 5 million dollars i wanted to have my dream house i wanted to put a nice pool and nice outdoor kitchen and you know sound system i, I it was very extrinsic kind of material goals and that was good cuz it got yeah. me to make a lot of money in sales and you know it was always about providing great experiences for my family and it wasn't about like being showy or you know just like needing all these big things. It was more about like providing and, and, and it was always about my wife and my kids. But what ended up happening was um, once I got all those things, I was like, well, I'm not happy still. (laughs) So it's like, I thought I would be happy when I got all those things and I got it. And then here I am, you know, in my addiction. And so um, it was really a shift at that point on like, what is my life purpose? And when I started thinking about that, there's a great book, and I'm a huge reader, audiobooks is what I do when I run, and it makes it really the time fly, but um, there's a great book called Falling Upward, and I'm reading it right now, and it talks about how the first half of your life is about figuring out what your truth is, and, and you make all the mistakes, and you realize everything you thought was going to make you happy didn't, and the second half of your life is about fulfilling your purpose and really doing what it is that that is truly authentic and can can um, you know make you not just happy but you know help others and and live your purpose and and it's really until you've fallen down you can't go upwards <laughs> until yeah. you've made all those mistakes it's like you think you're on the right track but once you get there um you know you realize hey what i was working for it actually wasn't what what's truly fulfilling. And so, as I kind of hit all my goals in sales, I realized, you know, I don't want to be in sales anymore. I want to start helping other people be successful. And specifically, um, I want to help people start to believe in themselves and really get off their asses and get out of their heads and you know take action to control their own destiny and live their dreams. Because if I can do it, you can do it too. And I also want to help people do it the right way with integrity by by practicing their values by, you know, doing it without sacrificing their personal life, right? So so it became this kind of uh, culmination of everything that I had learned up to that point. Now I want to teach it to others, and 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 so that became my um, start of a side hustle that became a coaching business that I now get to do full time. So it really did shift away from being in sales and like, okay, how do I be able to do this full time? So while I was in sales, I kind of, it's interesting. My my two biggest years in Salesforce, where I finished number one, it was around seven, 2017, 2018, but I didn't leave until 2021. So 2019, 2020, I didn't, I didn't hit 300% of plan, which is what I had been averaging. I actually hit just above 100% of plan, but I felt much better those two years than I did when I ever, ever was number one. And the reason why is because I did it while getting sober, while starting my side business, while saving my marriage, while you know taking care of my health, while running. Like it, it was like I was so proud because I did it the right way versus nearly sacrificing everything. So once I saw I could do that, you can achieve and still have a great life and be happy and have a side hustle or whatever you want to do. It's like, man, if I could do that, Specifically, if I can get sober, I can go do anything. I can go do anything, and that that became this like um, confidence boost. Where now, okay, I will go run a marathon. Great, let's go, you know, doing an, doing an half Ironman. I'm not I'm not where you are, Frankie, but
1: I I certainly I haven't done a marathon yet. To be clear, I'm just skipping to the half to the Ironman next part.
0: That's <laughs> it. I mean, that's solid. Look it up if you're if you don't know what we'll that see. is. So so, but here's the bottom line. Bottom line is like confidence comes from keeping your word to yourself. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Once you do that long enough, like you realize that anything is possible. And so my goals in sales um were really to get out of sales, if that if that makes sense. First it was to get to the top of sales, and then it was to get out of sales yeah. and go go help people for a living. And now I get to live that dream. And I, I honestly could not be happier.
2: Absolutely. Ian, I'm fired up. This is great stuff. And and so the the North Star for you was. You know, helping people with their own journeys, right? And I think that you were doing very well, right? You had that North Star, though, at some point. Like in the long term, my goal is to become a consultant and help people along their own journeys. And that's you're there now. So, number one, congratulations. That's incredible. Yeah. Going back to the grit versus grind, right? Having that long term goal is super important. Uh, the grind, right? There's going to be some short-term outcomes. But for you, how important was it to take that first step and, okay, here's my North Star. I need to put a plan in place and measure my progress towards that long-term goal.
0: It was, it was everything i mean it was yeah. everything like I, is this going to be on video too or just on oh,
2: audio yeah we'll be on video
0: can i can i share something with you guys that i Go think i Please. think you guys will really appreciate so i want to be like i'm very fortunate where i've had a couple near death experiences um in my life and one of those fundamentally was um what led me to start my side hustle so uh, i now have like a guy who's doing my youtube shorts and he made this short video and it's footage of me and one of my near-death experiences. And that's what made me realize. So so just to take a step back, it was December 28th, 2018. I had just come off the two biggest years in Salesforce in my life. And I got stuck on a roller coaster. I got stuck hanging upside down, oh, 180 sorry. feet in the air, hanging upside down. And one of, one, one of these flying coasters. So I'm like this with nothing below me the track was above us and we're hanging staring and we were up there for 30 minutes hanging and i swear to you i nothing mattered none of the money none of the success and it was like holy shit if i died right now i would have wasted my time on this earth i would have been forgotten and it was like the most like sombering realization that i've ever had is like my life would have been in vain and and it was spiritual right i started praying and i said god please get me down. I promise I will use everything that's happened, all, all of what I've learned to help other people. And then nothing happened. And I said, God, I will do it now. I'm not going to wait anymore. And then boom, the coaster took off. So it was this, like this crazy. And then I'm like, okay, well, God is real. And I need to honor my (laughs) promise. And that was it. And that was like, I I'm blessed to have these like fucking like moments of like such clarity, these, these, um defining moments in my life where you just can't make the shit up. And part of my language, but like this experience, I want to share the clip because it's so it's so powerful. And it, it it's a one minute short. It's one of those short videos. So you don't I thought you were going to say
2: it was a metaphor like I was stuck on a roller coaster of ups and downs. No, you were actually stuck upside down on a roller coaster. And we're going to get the name of this theme park so I never go there in my life. Yeah. yeah it's it's, it's no fla- it <laughs> so six, way six flags. Up, yeah, uh, it's six Wednesday. flags.
0: And I was on, again, oh, no. I was on the roller coaster and it was like one of the, honestly, one of the scariest things that I've ever been through. And I think, I don't think it's out yet. I think it's actually um, going, uh, I think it's going on the, I'm looking at my dashboard. I think they that he scheduled it for um, he scheduled it to go out coming up. So I don't, I don't actually see it. I apologize. No worries. Um,
2: we'll share it with us and maybe we'll include it in the post.
0: <laughs> yeah. I don't know why he, he, wow. he didn't put it on there. It's not up there yet, but it's it, a crazy
2: visual of, either way. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah, it's one of the cool, it's one of the coolest things I've ever, I've ever seen. Actually, I found it. He just put it in a Google drive for me um, because it's not posted yet, but it's, uh, it's, it's basically I'm going to share it right now. So you guys are going to get a first preview before this goes Exclusive. on YouTube. And here you go. So I'll share it. It's right here. Let's watch oh my it. my god. The ride got stuck. And so here I am hanging 18 stories upside down, literally petrified for my life. I, I thought the thing was going to break. And there's all these you know, people in the ground screaming, you guys, okay, you know, hang in there, people started videotaping it it on YouTube and all this. And so we're hanging upside down. At that moment, like I just started praying and like thought about my son and my wife and how much work I had left to do on this earth. And that was like, that was my catalyst. I said, "I, I can't wait anymore. I promise. You know, after 30 minutes of being hung upside down, I started praying and I said, I won't wait anymore. I'll do whatever I can right now to start using my gifts to help other people. I truly believe that. I'm meant for something bigger here and um, at that moment the ride took off wow isn't that cool so oh i had an editor and that was the exact ride we were on in the exact place it got stuck so was uh, did
2: somebody really shout up hang in there were they trying to be funny or was that like
0: <laughs> it was go you can go to youtube and look up footage uh yeah k- that's k- incredible katsu stuck um oh, apparently right. it's happened a lot before and yeah. anyway i, I I, I start keynotes by showing the picture of me hanging so high yeah. because I, I I don't know if I would have left Salesforce. I don't know if I would have started coaching. I mean, you know, you're you're in the comfort yeah. zone, and you know, you, things are like comfort is the enemy of change and progress. And so, I just think, again, fundamentally, um, I think that once you know, once you have that aha moment, once you have that dream where mm-hmm. you have clarity on what you really want. Then it's a choice on, are you going to ignore that and just push it aside and live with regret until you almost die like I did? Or are you going to embrace it and do something about it? And to your question, Griff, um, once you you decide I'm going to do something, then you need to have a plan. So I had a very specific plan. In fact, um, part of my you know my playbook for success is is pay for mentorship and coaching so i found a company called brand builders group that specialized in helping people shift from corporate to being solopreneurs and get their message out there and build a brand build an audience and i just like signed up you know a few months after the roller coaster and and ever since then it's been you know it's been um just a consistent kind of milestone after milestone. So year one, it was about growing an audience and being consistent. Year two was about having a revenue product and being able to start coaching. And year three was about building a platform. And by the time I got to year three, I mean, I had so much demand built up in in my coaching services that I had been making more money on the side hustle than Salesforce. So then at that point, it was like a no brainer. But grit is about being patient. It's about knowing that, hey, maybe even though I feel super called to go you know, into this other thing. Maybe the timing isn't right yet. Maybe I need to just do this on the side and get some practice and build an audience versus like being so impatient that you have to follow this calling. You're still following the calling as long as you're taking consistent action towards that on a a regular basis. And I think that's where people falter is they feel like you it's it's one or the other and it doesn't have to be. You could be working yeah. towards your north star and still working a 9 to 5 and making progress and I honestly I think that's the best way to do it because then you get practice, then you can prove out the model and you develop that like resilience, that grit of being somewhere you don't necessarily want to be which makes you stronger because then when you finally get to where you want to be it's like Feels that much better because you because of what you sacrificed to to get there. So that that was the biggest battle for me was like staying at Salesforce, even though I had this calling and I wanted to do it. It was like, be patient, be patient, your time will come. And and, and that's I mean that's the essence of what grit is. It's patience.
2: That's amazing. So, so Ian, I can, oh, it's a quick question, Ian. Um, the the consistent path towards the long term goal, like you said, it starts with the aha moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, for those of us that n- don't necessarily want to go get stuck upside down on a roller coaster to get that aha moment, I'm curious if you you mentioned you're you're an avid re- reader, you listen to the audio books. Uh, is there is there a resource, a book, a podcast? Uh, you, you've already mentioned one of the books, but are there, is there anything else that you recommend to spe- sellers specifically to kind of inspire this transition from? grind to grit or anything that yeah go ahead
0: yeah I think I think honestly I I get I go back to spirituality I go back into what is your life purpose right it's got to be something bigger than yourself if you think it's just about having a great life and having luxuries and comfort you're you're not gonna change the world right if you really genuinely feel like you're called to something bigger a, a true calling um, that's going to be inside of you, right? It might be brewing for your whole life until it hits, but it, it's not something you can just force, right? You got to let it yeah. marinate, and the time—if you're meant to be doing something—it'll come out when it's supposed to. So, I, I think from a resource standpoint, one of my favorite books is Seven Habits of Highly Effective People because it blends like, you know, it blends so much of like spirituality with personal development, with business savvy, with habits. And part of one of the chapters is like, if you're going to die tomorrow, what would you write? What would be written about you, right? And if you're not happy with that, if you're not happy with that, how would you want to rewrite that? And it has you like go through the exercise of like, what is, what do you really want your life to look like? And again, I'm, I feel very privileged and blessed to be able to you know i know many people don't have a choice of what they want their life to look at they might just be starving and just trying to get a meal and might be in places where they don't have a job and i'm mindful of that but you know in in western society um we do have a choice where we can pretty much create our own destiny and and i think that um a lot of people take that for granted and they just work for money versus work for purpose and fulfillment and um, going through that exercise and really thinking about like, where do you get the most energy? Where are your gifts? We're all unique. We all have unique gifts. It doesn't need to be coaching. It doesn't need to be it could be anything Well, I could be owning a restaurant and, you know, cooking, because that's what you love or playing music or helping kids, or maybe it's something with athletics. I mean, it doesn't really matter. It's it's what really lights you up that you'd want to do, because honestly, you can make money doing anything. That's the truth. If, if you have passion and you're really good at something, people will pay you for, um, you know, to to learn from that. And it's, it will feel very natural because it's easy for you. So just taking the time and the space to kind of reflect upon what that is, and then taking the steps to actually explore and talk to people who might be doing similar. Like when I, when I've gotten my coaching business, first person I called, one of them was, was John Barris, who was doing training and coaching for salespeople. And then I got in touch with Marcus Chan. And then I got in touch with, you know um, Scott Lee and all these people that I had seen, you know, became mentors and Kevin Dorsey. And so, you know, once you realize, wow, maybe this isn't as crazy as I think it is, and there's people actually doing it, right? That's what Gary Vaynerchuk is all about. It's like helping people follow. Yeah. One person says, "Don't ask what the world needs; ask what li- lights you up, because what the world needs is more people that are lit up." Yes. And, and if people see me, they see I'm lit up all the time, and and it's not an act. It just cause I'm doing what I love and and I get paid for it a lot. So that's, that's the, the, the book I would recommend. And I would recommend like being open to listen to the signs and being connected to, you know, something bigger than yourself. For me, you know, God's purpose for my life is a big part. And I don't, push that on anyone. But for me, my, my faith and my reason to help not only other people live a life of kindness and love and, you know, abundance, but also to like be a reflection and then give glory and credit to him because I was honestly saved because I could have lost everything. I've had multiple, um, times where I, I had brushes with death and I have a lot of addiction and death in my family. And I feel so blessed to have come out of this stronger. And so for me, it really is about helping other people see what happens when you live a life where you are letting go and letting God guide you to some extent. And if you don't have that relationship, if you don't have that overall bigger purpose. It's not about religion, one religion, another. it's about knowing that there's something bigger that we're meant for. And we have gifts that we can use to better this world. And so I just, it might sound a little sappy, but that's, that's to me, the happiest, most alive lit people are the ones that have this greater purpose or calling that they're working towards. And and it just doesn't feel like work when you're, when you're going towards something that you truly believe in and, and that you feel will help others. That's a key part of it.
1: Yeah. And the, I mean, the, if I could sum up another way of everything we just talked about, it's it's uh, not waiting to be happy until you have a certain thing or until you go do something else, like go quit your job and then be a restaurant owner or be a coach. Like you can have that purpose along the way. And and that's part of the journey of who you're becoming.
0: That's right. That's exactly right. It's the joy is in the journey. So I was so happy and I was taking those first steps to your point, Griff of like, Hey, here's where I want to go. And I'm taking yep. action. And that's where I was like, that's when my identity started to change, right? Because I became an identity of someone who pursues their dreams versus just pursues the outcome that's right in front of me of hitting, hitting quota or, you know, getting to the top of the, the sales leaderboard. So there's just, the world is just so much bigger than just sales, but sometimes you can't see it when you're, when you're yeah. in it. Right
1: yeah, you you mentioned it briefly, but if you could help us the listeners with a couple action items or a couple action steps that they could shift away from only focusing on the quota, the number, and grinding and then shifting towards grit, what would you say they should go do after this episode?
0: I think for me, I mean i'll I'll share how I did it, how I developed grit. Um, I, I once I kind of knew that I would um, be coaching or helping other people. I decided getting off that roller coaster, I said, a lot of people are doing what was called a 365 day challenge. Now, both of you probably could do a 365 day challenge. I don't think 95% of people in the world, probably 99 could actually do it, but I decided to do it. So it's it's doing one thing every single day that's going to better your life or better the lives of others for 365 days straight. So this was a challenge that um, was inspired by a mastermind I was in called Epic Impact, And a couple of the guys in the program were were doing these challenges. One guy was writing five thank you letters a, a day. He became Mr. Thank you. He has a TED talk about it now as part of that project. Another guy was meditating every day for a year straight. Well, I decided to do an Instagram video every day for a year straight. I didn't have a brand, didn't have a site, didn't have a product. I just got on Instagram for one minute and just did a quick motivational tip. In the act of showing up, whether I was tired, whether I was You know i was still in my addiction at that time so whether i was drunk whether i was um you know like busy or not like i still made the damn video so if you want to develop grit it's it really is about taking action consistently on you know on days when you when you don't feel like it and and doing something so i would say a a 90-day challenge um, would probably be a good a good way to start if if you want to do one takeaway, like one thing you can do every single day without fail, that's going to help improve your life and the lives of others. So just to give some idea, it could be exercise for 20 minutes a day. It could be um, have lunch with your partner uh, 20 minutes or, or every day. It could be um, meditate. It could be pray. It could be uh, you know, something that's a little more, you know, like training, you know, training for something, but, but having that consistency and doing it every day for me um, has been the, the kind of the the shadow, the, the forefront of of how I've been able to do what I've done now. And if, if if you look fast forward now, it's not just what you're doing, it's also what you're subtracting. So there's a concept of you're doing things to help you, but are you also subtracting things that hurt you? So, for me, like because I'm sober, like i I haven't gotten drunk in in three years, right? That's one thing I chose not to do. I haven't viewed pornography in three years. I haven't almost three years in February. I haven't taken Adderall. So I, I identified all these things that were actually, me, hurting me, that I did because I felt bad and I wanted to feel better in the moment, that I did compulsively, that I did because I wanted you know, to let loose or escape. So it's not just what we're doing that are helping you. It's, it's also what are we subtracting that's hurting you? So if you really want to go big, take the 90-day challenge to two levels, right? Add something, but also take away something. So don't smoke pot for 90 days if you have a relationship where you feel bad about yourself if you smoke and, and that's a crutch for you. Maybe it's something else like porn, or maybe it's getting drunk or whatever. But that's like the whole, you've probably heard of 75 hard. I don't know if you've ever heard of that. I think it's Andy, but it's like, 75 days, no sugar, no alcohol, two workouts a day, a gallon of water, like all these things. So he takes it, read 10 pages, like he's got a whole thing, but that's addition and it's subtraction. So it's like, what don't you do? Right. What do you do? But that's how you develop it. I mean, if you can do that for 90 days, you'll be a different person in, in the end of that. So um, either you can do the 365 day challenge or you can you can shorten it and do the 90 day challenge. But if you're doing the 90 day, I would say do two right? Take, take away one thing for 90 days and add one thing that'll help you text a friend for 90 days. First thing in the morning, tell somebody that you care about them, right? Say, thank you to someone, right? Call your mom. Like everyone, it's going to be different, but it's about developing that consistency of just doing it anyway. That's how grit is developed.
2: Wow. Frankie, do you want to take us home?
1: Yeah. So we, Ian, we got a a unique uh, thing for you. Never done this before to wrap up, but we are on the Elite Selling Podcast. So we'd love to hear your definition of what makes a seller elite.
0: My most common observation and experience with elite sellers, and I'll put myself in this bucket as well, um, is elite sellers are more focused on helping others succeed rather than succeeding themselves. So when you're truly elite, you don't care about your own success. Of course you want to be successful, but that's not your number one goal. Your number one goal is actually to make your customers successful. So elite sellers are really focusing on what are the outcomes that my clients want? What are the outcomes that they're after? How are they measured? How specifically um can i make them successful and when you break it down like that and realize that sales is just helping someone else succeed and that's what why people buy people buy for three reasons here's the bottom line number 1 is they buy because to solve a problem that's causing causing immediate pain that's the first reason okay number 2 is to address an issue that could cause future pain to mitigate risk of future pain so if we don't do this we're going to pain is coming and number 3 Is because they want to achieve some type of outcome or goal that they currently don't have. And the three are very interlinked. And if you have a, a large transformational deal, you're probably addressing all three to some extent. So if you don't know what your client wants, their goals, what their biggest challenges are, what's stopping them from achieving it, and what they stand to lose if they do nothing in the future, like... Again, you probably don't have a deal. You're probably going to get stuck in status quo. Your deals are going to stall. They're not going to have budget. But when you can answer those thing, three kind of key things, how is this going to help this person I'm selling to achieve the outcomes they want? What problems are it going to solve? And how is it going to mitigate risk in the future? Like you can sell a deal for nearly any price that you want because you're actually driving success for them at the, the highest level. So elite sellers drive customer success and the outcomes. And they're way more focused on helping making others successful. And in doing that, they know that their success is guaranteed.
1: Amazing. Ian, thanks so much for joining us. I took tons of notes. I'm ready to go take over the world and help a million people along the way. I love <laughs> I it. Cool well, you too. guys
0: are, you're having a podcast you started. So I'm glad to be part of your journey. And by you doing this, you're getting the message from people on your podcast out to other. So you, so you are doing your part and I think it's awesome.
1: Thank you, Sarah. We'll you see, see you again soon. Thank you again.
0: Cheers guys. Nice to see you.
2: Special thank you to our guest, Ian. Great episode. A lot of great takeaways here. A couple of the key takeaways that uh, Frankie and I had written down were mostly around grit versus grind and the importance of setting those long-term goals and having that North Star at the end of your career and taking ownership of how you would like your career to develop. And there's a lot of great insights that you can find at ianconiak.com. If you're interested in connecting with Ian, reach out to him on LinkedIn You can always go to his website again, ianconiak.com to sign up and join the coaching wait list. Ian, appreciate you taking time out of your day to meet with us. Can't wait to have you back again. Cheers.